Come on, his presence is real in this room tonight. His presence is real. If you're joining us online, hey, we're having a wonderful service. The presence of God is so strong here. So strong here. We want the presence of God to fill your home too. Come on, the Lord who led us in is will lead us out. The Lord who led us in will lead us out. Come on, in a crowd, you keep your focus on him. Keep your focus on him. Don't listen to jokers to the left and fools to the right. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Come on, that's his promise to us. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You call it COVID, you call it lockdown, you can call it what you want. Jesus never left and he never forsook. He's leading us through the crowd. Oh, come on, I can see the crowd breaking now. Confusion passing like a grey sky giving in to the sunshine that penetrates and bursts through it. Keep your eyes on the sun. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's led us through this 12 months and he's leading us out. He's led us through this 12 months with all its turns and all of its curves, all of its surprises. The noise of the last 12 months has been so intense. Yet we kept our ear tuned to the one who didn't stop speaking. Come on, his sheep know his voice. His sheep know his voice. I'm prophesying right now over Family Church that our greatest days are not just ahead, they're here. I'm prophesying over the Family Church that we may have seen some leave, but we've not yet met the ones who have joined us. But when we come to that moment of gathering, we will be amazed at what God did in the private place of people's lives. Oh, there'll be some and we'll say, where are they? Oh, they'll come in later. But for those who return, there's going to be a strength that never would have been there if we hadn't walked through these last 12 months. I prophesy that new people are coming through the doors. New people are coming through the doors and when we gather we won't shrug our shoulders and go oh we'll be amazed we'll lift our heads and say look what the Lord did in his grace when we were unable to do a thing our greatest days ahead days of soul winning ahead days of discipling God's people ahead oh there's an excitement in my heart rising of what God's going to do when we begin to gather and worship together again like we once did oh we'll be in a room like we were once in a room but it will be different There'll be a value that people have on worship. There'll be a value that people have on fellowship that we never had before. Oh, the devil may have planned a lot of things in the last 12 months, but none of his plans will come to anything. God will have a bride, beautiful, spotless, stronger than she's ever been. She'll be pruned, but she would have grown back more fruitful. Any place that he's pruned us will come back stronger. Any place you prune, you prune it because you want it to come back stronger. Any pruning that the Lord's done over the last 12 months, as us as a church and us as individuals, we come back stronger, more fruitful, more abundant and more green. Oh, the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. His sheep know his voice. Father, we welcome your presence today. Father, I just speak blessing on those who are standing in this room right now. Hearts extended in worship. And those who are at home watching, let your presence fill our hearts afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, you could be seated. I don't know about you, just in that worship tonight, my heart began to jump up and down at the thought, at the thought of us worshipping again. You know, many times people came to church on a Sunday morning and they were just used to coming to church on a Sunday morning. There's going to be a freshness to our praise and worship. When we begin to gather again, 
But the good news is we don't have to have a lot of people to gather. We've gathered tonight. The Bible says where two or three gather, he is there. Amen. And uh, well, praise God, we are on our course called the Believer's Toolbox. And uh, I don't know, I feel like breaking off and having a Holy Ghost meeting, but I'm going to stay on track. Yes, yeah, soon. I can feel a rising in me. Of, oh, we're going to, we've got some powerful days ahead. Oh, Tundi, we've got some powerful days ahead. Natalie, you, you believe that, right? We've got some powerful. Tony, it's going to be awesome. Hannah, got some powerful days ahead of us. I just see so clearly this prophetic picture of us leaving a crowd that we've been in and coming out into a bigger tomorrow. Well, brilliant. I've got to focus, Pastor Stuart. I've got to focus on, on what's at hand here. We're talking about the Believer's Toolbox. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are in week, is it three or four? Four. Week four. And we're looking at the Believer's Toolbox, which is the gifts of the Spirit. And the different gifts of the Spirit and the ones that we need to use are the ones that we need in the moment at hand. You know, I've been in the garden this week just cutting back some of the stuff that didn't ask my permission to grow. I'm talking about weeds and thorns. The flowers have my permission, but the thorns, they just go ahead and they do it anyway. And it's amazing when you begin to dig into where thorns have infiltrated, you suddenly realise they've infiltrated further than what you thought. And they've grown bigger than what you imagined. And there were moments I was using secateurs and they worked perfectly for cutting away the thorns but then I found some roots and they weren't enough and I tried boy did I try but then I gave in and said let me just get a saw out a saw is the tool for this job now secateurs don't do it it's the same with the gifts of the spirit God wants us to be familiar with all the different gifts that he provides so that we have the right tool in our hand for the right job that we're facing and sometimes in life not just in church you'll have moments where your abilities and your talents are not enough and that's why we're so thankful that the Holy Spirit now lives in us and he's brought this toolbox. And if this is your first week of joining us on this series, go back and watch the other ones. Now we're looking at the toolbox of the believer, the gifts of the Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is now in us and he makes available to us certain gifts or graces. Remember, grace is unmerited, undeserved, unearned. It's not what you deserved, it's what God gives you to do what he's called you to do. Now these gifts or these graces, this charisma that God gives us are powerful things, supernatural things. And they're for use, not just in the church, but also in our life. And tonight, as we look at three of his gifts called the utterance gifts, I want us to see them used in church, but also used in our life. And in some ways they have a different expression in church than what they will in your life. In your life, these three gifts are still present and the utterance gifts are interesting because especially when we look at tongues and interpretation, they're very much in this context for use within the church. Yet also prophecy and the gift of tongues, which is our heavenly language, is for use in our daily world. Now what we're trying to break is this idea of we only get spiritual and use the gifts of the spirit when we're meeting together in buildings. Now, we want to see evangelism break off of the stage into the world. We want to see discipleship leave the classroom, come into people's lifestyle. And we want to see the gifts of the Spirit, especially the power gifts, in operation. You know, next week, Pastor Stu is going to be talking on laying hands on the sick, believing God for miracles. That's the kind of stuff that really thrives outside of the building. All right. But tonight, we're going to look at some of these power tools, basing on um, our desire to be effective when we gather, but also to be effective when we scatter. And that's a good way of terming that. That the gifts of the Spirit, the majority of the gifts of the Spirit, are good for when we gather, 
but also for when we scatter. Tonight when we say goodnight, amen, we scatter. It's not a negative thing. It means that we go into our daily worlds, but we go empowered. We don't check in our little Holy Ghost box here in church and say, let me get these things when I come back next week. You know, the Holy Spirit's in you now. He's in you tomorrow morning when you wake up. Now, we've been basing our, our teaching around 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 10. You can't read these verses enough, so let me read them again. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. That's the verse that we're looking at when we talk about the believer's toolbox nine unique gifts now the bible speaks of other gifts we've mentioned that in the first session gifts of hospitality gifts of generosity gifts of leadership but we're zooming in on this course on these nine specific gifts that we would call the gifts of the spirit or the tools of the holy spirit now there's three distinct categories um, that come in threes so it's three times three and each one um has a category of its own and we give a title to to help us undo it and to understand it now last week we looked at the three gifts that we would term the revelation gifts you have a revelation gifts the power gifts and the utterance gifts that's the three categories now last week pastor stewart did a great job and i listened to it um actually when i was pruning back that 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 that, that hedge was out of control in my garden i listened to your message then um and pastor stewart spoke about word of wisdom word of knowledge discerning of spirits now that's the category of revelation gifts these are gifts that reveal something revelation means to reveal to remove a blinder so we call these three the revelation gifts because they reveal something to us um, next week pastor stewart's going to be carrying on with what we would call the power gifts these are gifts that do something so revelation gifts are some uh, gifts that reveal something the gifts of the power gifts are something that do something and these are the gifts that we want to see more and more in operation in and through our lives outside of the building called church and then we have what we're looking at today, which is called the utterance gifts. These are gifts that say something. So we have gifts that reveal something. We have gifts that do something. And we have gifts that say something. And that's what I'm looking at this week. And uh, so we're going to look at the first of these gifts. And again, we kind of need a week for each of these gifts um, when you begin to unpack them and try to look at examples for them. But when we look at the first of these gifts that we're going to look at, it's prophecy. Now, prophecy has a use within the church for the edification, comfort and exaltation of the people. But prophecy is also something, again, when we look at prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy is probably one out of the three that we will see more active in our lives outside of the building. So when we talk about tongues in a moment, we've got the gift of tongues that God gives us when we speak in our prayer language. And then we've got another uh, gift of tongues, which is what's being highlighted in Corinthians, which would be called the diver's tongues or tongues that are used for God to communicate to the body of Christ. And that's often within the church. And that's why interpretation is accompanying that gift. But when we take prophecy, speaking in tongues and interpretation, it's almost like we can take prophecy to another little category of its own and say this one is really used not just in the church but outside of the church God wants you to have a prophetic edge to your life which means that you're able to communicate his thoughts to other people that's what prophecy is we despook it we defunk it we make it what it is it's God's ability 
he gives you to communicate to another person something that he wants them to know. Now that's brilliant in the church meeting, like I was talking just now, I believe very prophetically. You know, before you guys joined us, we were speaking about this last year and what I believe God was leading us into. There was a prophetic edge to that. But also God wants us to have a prophetic edge to our life. Um, now let me just read this to you to help you to understand prophecy. I've got a couple of statements that will stop me taking too long on each one. God has things he wants to say to his people and he will do this through the gift of prophecy. To understand the other two utterance gifts we must first understand the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is not the gift to be able to foretell future events, all right? Prophecy is not the gift to be able to foretell future events. You're not a Christian fortune teller, all right? Sometimes people come to me, have you got a prophetic word for me? I'm not a fortune teller. I'll give you what God gives me for you to know. But, you know, we've got to actually understand that anything like a fortune teller is a counterfeit of something more pure and original, which is the gift of prophecy that God gives to his people to edify, to comfort and to exhort, but also to warn um, and to give confirmation to people as well. So, OK, prophecy is the um, is not the gift to be able to foretell future events. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. So when we speak in tongues, it's a language that often people don't understand. But when we prophesy, we speak in a language that people do understand. So it's God communicating to his people in the church and outside of a church in a language that they understand when you speak his intentions and thoughts for their life or a situation that they're facing. The purpose of prophecy is for exhortation, edification and comfort of the church. Remember, the church is not a meeting. We have meetings. The church is people. When we look at the prophetic gift, it's for edifying, um, exhorting and comforting the church, according to 1 Corinthians 14. Now, sometimes you may have heard prophets stand up and they're like prophets of the Old Testament and they start judging everybody, telling everybody how everything's going to collapse and we're all going to die. That's really not the fulfillment of New Testament prophecy. You see, the prophets in the Old Testament are different to the prophets in the New. And sometimes the confusion can be in people that have never been taught this. In the Old Testament, the prophet very much sat at the gate and determined uh, what it cometh, it cometh, it cometh. But in the New Testament now, the prophet is one of five. Remember the fivefold call, you have the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher and the evangelist. Now the prophet may say it cometh, but the pastor or the apostle says where it cometh in. And there's a working together in New Testament prophecy that was slightly different in Old Testament prophecy. Because in the Old Testament, the land was led by prophets and kings and judges. Right? Now in the New Testament, God's placed this prophetic gift on prophets. Remember we shared a few weeks ago about the office of a prophet. But also the ability to prophesy on every believer. That we can in comfort, we can encourage and we can exhort each other with thoughts that we hear from God communicated to them through our lips. Now the Hebrew word translated to prophesy means to flow forth. That's what it means to prophesy, to flow forth, to bubble forth like a fountain, to tumble forth, to spring forth. That's the meaning of the word prophecy in the Hebrew. The Greek word translated to prophecy means to speak for another. In the Hebrew means to bubble forth, to, to draw forth. But the Greek uh, meaning of prophecy means to speak for another. And that's what we do when we prophesy. We speak for another. We communicate what God wants to know, wants people to know to their lives. It means to speak for God or to be his spokesman. 
Isn't that incredible? That God wants to give you through the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is one of the nine gifts in your life, the ability to speak God's heart and thoughts into the life of another person. And it will encourage, it will comfort and it will exalt. Now, sometimes we think prophecy has to be long and drawn out. Sometimes it can be two or three words. He loves you. It really can be that simple. It really can be that simple. If a person's not been um, living in the love of God, suddenly that statement can change everything. All right. Have you uh, ever been speaking to a person and suddenly scripture and encouragement began to flow out of your mouth? We've all been there, right? You've been speaking to somebody and suddenly verses come to mind. You're like, where did that come from? Or, Or encouragements begin to come. That's more often you prophesying and God speaking to you to encourage another one than than what you've realized. Maybe later you thought, um, oh, I didn't know where that came from. Oh, where did that come from? Often, again, what we're doing is articulating. That didn't come from me, which meant it came from heaven to that person's life. God was speaking through you. This is something you cannot make happen. However, if your faith is active and you're available, you can certainly expect God to use you in this way. And we should expect God to use us in this way, that we should be living tight with the Lord, pure with the Lord, walking with the Lord. So our ear is tuned into his voice so that when he wants to bring an encouragement to somebody, he's got someone on the ground that he can speak through to encourage another. That doesn't mean you need to stage. It doesn't mean you need the microphone. It means that you need the courage to go up to the person and go, hey, I really believe that God wants to say this into your life. Why don't you pray this through? Again, we'll look at the end on how we deliver prophetic words, how that can work for us. Some of the old methods didn't work for us. We need to understand that prophecy is God wanting to speak to others individually, individually through our lives. But also prophecy has a place in the church in our services when we gather sometimes God wants to speak to the congregation and that's where we separate the gift of prophecy from the individual's life I'm not going too fast right we all good but also in use in the church sometimes people think the only time you prophesy is in the church when you have the mic wrong there's an expression or an outworking of a prophetic when we gather and God will often speak to the church corporately through the prophetic gift that's happening on a Sunday morning or when we meet. But also what I want to encourage you is he wants you to be prophetic in your life. The Bible says that Paul said earnestly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially that you would prophesy, that you would have a prophetic edge. This morning we were in a meeting and Stuart um, said already, you said we prophesied today, you know, we were in a meeting today and as we come to the end of a meeting, I had an impression or a stirring. The old old saints called it an unction. Isn't that a good word? An unction from the Holy One. A stirring inside where God gave me an image for two of our camera people one of our camera guys and one of our sound guys and I just spoke that out I said this is what God's saying in this situation I believe over your life and both of them were spot on again that was just God wanting to say something to them maybe he was saying it but they weren't listening or they needed to confirm that this was actually God saying this to them God wants us to have a prophetic edge, not a weird edge, not a spooky edge, not a scary edge, a very real, genuine prophetic edge. Prophecy should sound like the 21st century. We shouldn't sound like prophecy sounded like in Hebrew days or in Wigglesworth days. It needs to sound the same language because God actually wants to use your current language to communicate his heart to other people. It's amazing sometimes when people prophesy, especially if they've been raised in Pentecostal churches, they almost take on another persona 
yeah, yeah, I would say, oh, and you're like, whoa, when did you change? Who's this new guy? With? And what they were talking about, and what we're actually, it comes from insecurity, that people won't take them seriously unless they put on this prophetic voice that they've got. It's rubbish. God wants you to be able to prophesy through the voice that you use at home. He wants to reveal his heart and his thoughts through your lips to another life, to encourage, comfort, exhort, and enrich them. And we should all be committed to that, right? Yes. So it's a lifestyle as well as a gift that we use in a church expression. How do we prophesy? <clears throat> well, we learn when we prophesy, if anyone ever gives you a prophetic word, I always love the balance that Paul taught. We don't despise, but we judge. We don't despise, but we judge. Now, the Bible says that there's many false prophets out there, which means there's people out there saying things that aren't coming from God, basically. That's why scripture is the canon or the canon of scripture gives us the ability to judge the things that God's saying to us. Like if somebody came up and said, I think you need to jump off of the empowered building. God wants to show you something. That's a load of rubbish. Even Jesus, when he was tempted that way, said, you will not tempt me this way. You know, it's like the Bible says, don't do it. Don't do it. And I say to you, don't do it. Okay. We all say, don't do it. All right. Now, we've got to understand that the Bible says in the end times, there will be the release of false prophets, people speaking false things as if they were from God. Yet at the same time, you can't have false unless you have original. All right. We want the original voice of God coming through the lips of God's people to comfort, encourage and exhort. Now, when you have a prophet, often a prophet God will use for direction. And sometimes you can separate the voice of a prophet from somebody who's got a prophetic gift. But a prophet will give direction to a nation, to a church, to a city. Yeah. Um, but God wants us all to be flowing with a natural, you know what, what does prophecy sound like to me? It's me going up to someone going, you know what, I've got this picture for you. I don't know, you go and pray about it. You go and pray about it. I'm not going to say, thus says the Lord, then I take away your right to evaluate. Go and pray about it. This is what I believe God's saying to you. Go and pray about it. And then they've got the ability to test it without despising it, right? So God wants us flowing in this stuff. I wish we could could each have our own night, couldn't they? No need for dramatic presentation, I put. All right, you don't need that. People don't need that, all right? They don't need you to turn into super prophet person, all right? They just need you to speak the heart of God into their everyday world in a language that they understand, all right? In a way that they understand. I love to give people the right to go and test it. I really do. I was raised in Pentecostal churches where you didn't do that. I was raised in Pentecostal churches where the way that they knew to prophesy looked like this. Thus says the Lord, which meant I have no right to question it. All right? That meant I've got no right. Sign that at the bottom. You've got to do what I'm saying. And sometimes the people weren't right. They, they were prophesying their own grudges. It wasn't coming from heaven. So let's be polite when we prophesy and give people the ability to test it so that they don't despise it. All right. Um, He gives people um, uh, the ability to express his heart, both in meetings, the context of meetings, but also in everyday world. This is prophecy is huge. We're going to have to go do an eight week something on prophecy sometime. All right. Let's step on to number two, which is what would be turned divers' tongues. That doesn't mean that it's tongues that subaqua people use. All right, it doesn't mean that kind of, you know, these are the tongues that people use when they do subaqua. Divers' tongues. There's a joke there. Tony liked that one. He's going to run with that one. You'll see that on Facebook soon. But divers' tongues, it almost separates um, two separate categories of tongues, if you like. But there's a category of 
tongue which comes from the Holy Spirit being in you, which is the heavenly language of the heavenly one that's in you, expressing itself through your lips when you pray, which means you can at any moment pray in the Holy Spirit. And that's a personal communication between you and the Father that the devil doesn't understand. The Bible says empowers and enriches you and builds you up. All right. He who prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But when we look at the subject that Paul's picking on here, he speaks of speaking of tongues in the church to the community, to the congregation. He's speaking of, again, when an unction would come upon a person. I was raised in churches where this was current every week and actually became habitual, which was its crime. People thought it wasn't a right meeting unless three people uh, spoke in tongues and three people interpreted. The Bible gave an analogy that three, it didn't mean there had to be three. We get religious with stuff so easily, right? Okay, here's a written thing just to save time again. The next two gifts work together. Diver's tongues is a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. Prophecy is an utterance in a known tongue. Diver's tongues is God speaking through a person in a heavenly language, followed by an interpretation of what was said. This is not to say a person's, a person's prayer in tongues needs to be or should be interpreted. However, if a person were to, uh, if a person, um, sorry, however, if a person uh, was to stand up and publicly speak in tongues to a congregation and interpretation should be expected to follow. Yeah. Now, can you see the divide if you look at this pulpit? You've got the gift of speaking in tongues that Paul teaches of, that every one of us has. We can draw upon any moment. And the Holy Spirit gives you a perfect prayer when you don't know what to pray. And we speak in other languages that we don't understand or never learn, unless you're in a men's meeting like with Miguel, where I speak in fluent Spanish, remember that? And uh, Miguel came to me and said, you do know you're speaking in Spanish. I said, he said, did you ever learn Spanish? I said, never, I just about learned English. And uh, again, people often think I make that story up. There's the guy right here, Miguel. He was the one that came to me. And uh, it's a language that I'd never learned that I was speaking, but that's my personal communication with God, all right? When it speaks of, of divers' tongues, it's still speaking in the heavenly language, but it's a moment where somebody feels, again, here's that word, unction, or a prompting of the Holy Spirit to speak out this, this um, in tongues. It's almost like a moment. It's not like I can do it any time it's my heavenly language. It's almost like, oh my, I'm feeling, my dad used to do this often. And he would suddenly feel all hot. And, and like if he didn't, he just, and, it, and then it would go quiet in the meeting. And what was quite normal in the church that I grew up in, which was a Pentecostal church, was you would wait. And then there would be an interpretation, not a translation. An interpretation and that's why sometimes the interpretation was longer than the tongue that was spoken it wasn't being translated it was being interpreted all right so when we look at divers tongues that's separate from the personal baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues that's the portion of every believer it's when we're in a meeting and all of a sudden oh my goodness there's an unction if you've ever had it you know what I'm communicating you feel like I just I've, I've just got to pray in the Holy Spirit and you do that but then you wait for an interpretation and that's why interpretation and divide and and divers tongues go hand in hand these two hang out together. Prophecy's out over its own, doing its own thing over here. But tongues, where you speak in tongues in church and interpretation, they walk together. All right? Good. Now, um, duh, duh, duh. Different, it's different than the personal tongues. Um, here's another good uh, understanding of it, just to try and say a lot with a few words. Divers tongue, uh, kinds of tongues are supernatural utterances given by the Holy Ghost 
which are languages never learned or understood by the speaker. However, and that's the same for our heavenly language, but also when we speak in tongues in the congregation. However, divers' tongues, kinds of tongues, are not always known, unknown to hearers. Like with Miguel, I've spoken in other languages where suddenly somebody who was from Spain or France understood the language. And um, that's amazing that that happens very much when there's a gift of tongues being used in the church. Sometimes people from other lands understand what's being said. Remember what happened in the day of Pentecost. And those who came from other regions understood what the men were saying because they were speaking in their own languages. That was very much divers' tongues that they were they were using. I say that because sometimes I say that because sometimes people are present who understand the language one might receive um, when they are initially filled with the Holy Ghost, or even when a minister speaks in tongues in a public group. So again, we've got the meeting context where God's communicating a message to the church. And we've got the individual use of tongues where we're communicating to God in a way that the devil understands and we're praying a perfect prayer. Praying in tongues is awesome because it enables you to pray the right prayer. So you suddenly say, Lord, Lord, in your own tongue, you say, Lord, Lord, give me a million dollars. And then you pray in tongues. And the Holy Spirit says, don't give him a million dollars. It will kill him. It will kill him. So the Holy Spirit prays the perfect prayer, not the one that came from your soul. But when we're speaking in tongues in church, and we don't see a lot of this in family church, or we haven't up to now, we've seen it in moments where suddenly there was a tongue. But what we do then is I'll normally take the mic and I'll go, hey, let's just stop and wait. Because where there's a public tongue like that, there's always an interpretation. And again, that's why there's a gift of interpretation. If you've got somebody that's speaking in tongues in a corporate setting for the church, not individually, then there's always going to be someone that's got the ability not to translate, but to interpret. Interpret. I believe what God was saying, so that the church would be edified. Otherwise, we'd always go, that guy's speaking good in tongues. Did you hear that? A little bit of Chinese there, a little bit of Asian there. Wasn't he good? Wasn't he good? He was a really good tongue talker. That's not the point. It's because God is saying something to the body. And so you wait for the interpretation. All right. And uh, again, so many stories I've got on this when things have happened. Um, it's not personal communication. It's public edif edification and confirmation. Uh, one, sh one should be for our everyday life. That's our heavenly language. The other is for use when we meet together. All right. Interpretation of tongues. Number three. Divers tongues and the interpretation of tongues is the equivalent to the gift of prophecy in, in uh, um, is, is the equivalent to the gift of prophecy. Now it says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5, Paul says, greater is he that prophesieth. But you just said it's the same as prophecy. No, no, Paul hadn't finished speaking. Greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interprets. Because both are letting what God once said to the people be known. If we just speak in tongues, the people are unaware of what God said. When there's an interpretation, then suddenly we have an awareness of what God says to his people. Um, remember that it is an interpretation of trunks, tongues, not a translation. Some people wonder why the interpretation of what is said is longer or shorter than the length of the tongue. I used to do it as a kid. I used to think, oh, no, wait a moment. He spoke in tongues for about three minutes. This guy's been going on for about eight. It's because it's, it's translating what God's saying. All right. Uh, it's, sorry, it's interpreting. It's not translating. All right. This is because an interpretation of tongues uh, is not a direct translation. All right. So again, it's amazing what we do when we're sitting there trying to work stuff out. Um, now, so we've got prophecy. That's got use in the church. I could say, 
okay, church, I believe God's saying to us about our future, but it's also got a use in my private world. Yeah. Like today, I could bump into people. God bless you. We could bump into people and I could say, all right, hey, um, I just really got this image for you. I got this picture for you. We'll end with different ways that we prophesy in a moment. Um, but then we've got speaking in tongues. We've got our personal holy heavenly language which is our commune with the father and then we have moments in meetings where we may feel an unction or a desire to speak out something in an unknown language but then where we speak out in an unknown language there'll always be this third category of utterance gifts which is an interpretation and like i've shared before sometimes with interpretation it's just by reason of use if somebody were to speak in tongues now i would wait for somebody to interpret it but if no one interpreted it i would just jump in and do it why? Because to me, it's like if you had a helium balloon floating around the room. I'm like, well, I've been doing this for 30 years. I know how to grab that balloon and interpret what's just been spoken, but I'm not going to because I want somebody else to grab it. And often when I grab it, when I, whenever I bring an interpretation, somebody will always come to me after the meeting and go, man, ah, oh, I had that word. Yeah, you had it, but you didn't speak it. And because you didn't speak it, God said, who's going to speak it? And brother Big Mouth got it. <laughs> right it's by reason of use it's the promptings of the holy spirit that cause you to speak in an unknown language and it's the promptings of the holy spirit that will give you an interpretation sometimes it's as simple as you suddenly get a picture now what you know the bible speaks not the bible society speaks of different love languages now to me we've got to understand that we speak and receive in different ways you have a person that hears sees and knows all right now i can understand your language just a few moments with you because you'll say to me, ah, oh, the way I see it is this. Okay, that means that God normally speaks to you a lot through pictures. Well, what I'm hearing is this. Okay, that means that often you hear from God in an ear that's not your natural ear. Or, well, the way I'm feeling about this is this. Okay, then you're very much God speaks through that sense of you feeling. And so learn what your language is. For me, I'm very much a seer. That goes with the prophetic gift on my life. I, I see things with my eyes open. I see things with my eyes closed. And I've learned how to grab that picture. So I may be with a person and I may be prophesying and I'll put my hand on them. I'll begin to pray. I feel the Lord say, go pray for that person. So I'll, I'll begin to pray for that person. And all of a sudden I'll see a gate. And I'll see a gate as clear as anything. And I'll go, all right, everything we do operates by faith, which God won't give you the full picture until you start speaking. All right. And so I'll pray for a person, I'll say, I see a gate, I see a gate. And then suddenly I see a gate opening, like I say, I see the gate opening, but I don't see the hand of man opening the gate. I see it's a supernatural opening of the gate and you're coming into a green field. And suddenly this word will begin to grow. But all I had when I started was a gate. Now I use visual very much. Other people, what I'm hearing is open door, open door. Learn your language with how God communicates to you. And it's going to be around how you communicate in life generally, okay? Now, okay, we've got these three gifts. We've got prophecy, and we've got, uh, that's used in the church and outside the church. We've got tongues, we've got the personal language and the public one. And then we've got the interpretation that accompanies the tongues that are used in church for the edification, and everybody in the church knows what God's saying. Now, the Bible says whenever the gifts are used, specifically tongues and interpretation, that there should be an order. It's not chaos. It's not a free-for-all. And 1 Corinthians says, again, 14 to 26, let me read these verses to you. When then shall we, uh, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters? 
When you come together, each of you should have a hymn, a word of instruction, encouragement, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So everything that comes from tongues and and interpretation must be building the church up. If somebody comes in here, die, die, we're all going to die, Ichabod, the glory, no, go, please, leave now before you're removed. Okay, That's the job of somebody with a prophetic office to do. When we function in the gift of prophecy in tongues and interpretation, it's very encouraging and the building up. Key word, verse 26, building up. Verse 27, if anyone speaks in a...